breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotlines. Mayor Tom Arsenault and Sean Decker with Rev Entertainment. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Well, we can hear you. That's a good thing. Look, I I understand. We we even had an independent uh, uh, consultant that has looked at this deal and said it's not feasible. But I can't tell you. Uh, how disappointed I am that this didn't work out. Sean, let me start with you. Um, is there anything that we can do, scale something back maybe, or is is this dead in the water, or is there a glimmer of hope somewhere? <laughs> well, good morning. Thanks for having me. I um, Listen, we always think there's a, a glimmer of hope, and we're going to be optimistic that there'll be another opportunity to work together. I think, you know, the, the main uh, tenants that, that made it difficult for everybody collectively was um, the, the, the cost of construction and the cost of money got significantly more expensive over the 18 more months or so that we spent doing a, a ton of work, which I think was all super necessary to, to make sure that the project made sense. Um, and so you, ca- you couple the, the cost of money and the cost, the cost of construction uh, along with um, some dated infrastructure at the fairgrounds, and it just made the project far more expensive than we thought. So, um, you know, I, I I can't speak to you know the feasibility of doing it somewhere else or, or doing it at a um, at a, a better price as those conditions improve. But we're optimistic that we can work together in the future. But I think for for the time being, that the project is dead. Sean, let me ask you. We have said this on the air, and so I don't want to say it behind your back. I want to say it directly to you. Um, could your company have come forward with some of the money for the construction, have ponied up some of the money rather than let the city foot the bill? And I would like to hear you answer that. Yeah, no, it's, listen, totally fair question. These projects are super expensive and require a lot of money from a lot of different sources. So um, in, in short, I, I guess that is possible. The challenge for us is Buying a team costs many millions of dollars. Operating a team costs many millions of dollars. And then operating a facility costs another many millions of dollars. And so how you structure the project, our our interpretation of how we were going to pay for part of the project was through the lease and through taking all the operating expenses. A lot of different ways to structure these deals. And we could take all morning up uh, having that conversation. But the reality is we felt like we were contributing to the project significantly by the investment in a team and all of the costs that went along with operating that team and by taking on all the expenses to operate the facility as well. Mm-hmm. Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault, so when we step back and look at the entire situation, Tom, what was the deal breaker for the city? Well, we were looking at, the, uh, at, at really what the net cost to the city was going to be on an annual basis. And uh, we had hoped it, and and I I think uh, I think Sean has identified what the t- two issues were: the increase uh, increase in the anticipated cost of the project itself, and then the uh, tremendous increase in the cost of the money. Um, you know, we approached this uh, as prudently as we could, and and I cannot say enough positive about Rev Entertainment and about Sean and and Madison San Filippo that we worked with extensively uh they did everything that they could have done to help us evaluate this and to bring this 
uh, around uh, to a point where we could we could make the decision and uh, the decision was as disappointing to us as as I'm sure it was to them. Uh, but the economics simply didn't did did not work out at this time. We hope that we'll be able to uh, continue our dialogue with Rev Entertainment. They are a great company. Uh, they are a would be a great partner, and uh, we're just. Uh, disappointed we didn't get to do something with them now. I absolutely agree with you, Mayor. Sean, let me ask you this. Are you now looking at other options, maybe talking to officials in Bossier to move the project across the river? No, no, not, that's not the case at the moment. No, uh, listen, we love the region and, and very similar, have the same, uh, uh, share the same sentiment with the mayor. Our, Listen, we, we didn't just fall in love with the region and the administration. We, we, you know, over 18 months, you meet thousands of people and take hundreds of meetings. And, and we love the place. So um, we're, we would be excited to work in the region. No, we are not fielding calls elsewhere. I mean, full, full disclosure, we're very fortunate. We've got multiple projects around the country that are we're building as we speak. We've got an arena in Indianapolis. We're working on a soccer facility um, that will be announced soon. So. We've got a, a number of construction projects, not to mention all of the other things that all of our other current projects that we've had uh, for many years. So uh, we, we, this isn't like an either or or something else. If the opportunity were to come, we would be thrilled to come back and work with all the great people that we've uh, spent so much time with over the last year and a half. Mayor Arsenault, the feasibility study, I appreciate you guys providing it to me. Um, I would like to ask you in, in your review of it, what stood out in it that made you go, ah, Man, this this is probably not. They're probably showing that this might not work. Well, it it, it wasn't that necessarily that it wouldn't work. It's just the cost of it working was way too high. We would have had to come for three to four million dollars a year out of the general fund, and we just don't. You know, we would have to be cutting city services uh, or asking the people to raise taxes. And I had said all along that I, I did not. I did not want to fund this with general obligation bonds um, because it was a it, it's a it's a high risk high reward kind of a uh, kind of a project and uh, if we could have done it uh, possibly with uh, uh, using most most or all of the riverfront development funds that are that we collect which are for economic development. Uh, that would have made a difference to me, but uh, the the feasibility study just showed that we were not going to be able to do that, and we would have had to have um, made some sacrifices in city services to bring this about uh, for payment of the additional amounts out of the uh, out of the general fund. So, Mayor, what's next with Fairgrounds Field now? Uh, we believe the stadium is uh, beyond its useful life and sure. cannot be cannot be restored. So we're going to plan to move forward with demolition of it. Where are we on the legal fight over that? Uh, that's a question that you need to ask the plaintiffs. Ah, okay. So they're still pursuing that with against the city. Well, right now it's it was in a holding pattern because we uh, because we discontinued the demolition because of the delay. We were paying significant delay damages uh, on that and that didn't it didn't make sense to use to use those dollars. So uh, we will we will relatively shortly be going out for uh, for the bids on uh, bids or proposals on demolition of Fairgrounds Field. 
Sean, we're talking to Rev Entertainment, Sean Decker and Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault. Sean, I want to ask you something because I said something yesterday that I wanted you to see if you could clear up. I thought, and the mayor mentioned too, the risk reward. I said something on the radio about that area is risky because we have a large portion of our population who don't feel like it's safe to go to fairground, the fairgrounds. They don't want to go to the state fair because of the location. You saw something different. You saw you were kind of visionary in that you thought this project could have changed that area. Do you still think our city has that opportunity to make a change there? Yeah, listen, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I remember us talking about this um, uh, last year. The, the reality is, is, if you look at a lot of communities um, and the location of where their professional stadium is from the highest level to the lowest level, um, they, it's not often that it goes into, I mean, many times you don't just get to go into the perfect site that has all of it. So we were, we were familiar with the perception and, and listen, it took us a minute to come around to that idea too. We had a couple other things early on that we thought may work um, potentially better. Uh, we kind of fell in love with the fairgrounds and the opportunity. Um, in a lot of cases, there's a blank slate there that could give you a great opportunity. It's the, we, we referenced it from our side as the guys that come over from Texas a lot, and in a lot of cases, it's kind of the front door to the city. And, and the opportunity to to, um, to to bring something to life there was great. I, I agree with the mayor 100%. It, the, the problem is, is it's not like a, a small, short, inexpensive um, opportunity to change. It's a big piece of land that's going to require massive investments over time. And um, you need one thing and one catalyst to get that started. Um, and and exactly. finding the right time and the right funds and all of that is, is super important. Let me ask you one more thing before we let y'all go. And I can't thank you both, both enough for joining us together today. We've, we've had failures with regard to baseball in this city. But you saw that baseball might work, even though our population has been declining. Can you pinpoint something specific you saw that led you to believe and your company to believe baseball could work here again? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, the, um, the spirit of that city, it's easy to have a negative attitude about it, but I got to, I got to live it. I got to be with the people there. I got the opportunity to work with so many great people. Um, the, the, the spirit of what baseball is and what could bring to that community is similar to what we've been able to do in so many other places. There are, there are hundreds of thousands of people in your community that are looking for something great to do, a cost-effective way to connect with their friends, their family, their coworkers, their partners, uh, et cetera. Uh, there's no no doubt in my mind that it's a community that would do tremendous with the right asset. It's got great people, and they would love that opportunity. I totally agree, Mayor uh, Sean. Just said that's a you know a huge piece of property uh, with Fairgrounds Field gone. Ideally, what would you like to see? What would uh, do you have anything envisioned for that property? You know, some of the things that we uh, that we explored, uh, particularly down the line with uh, Rev Entertainment, were uh, were some additional activities besides baseball, and and frankly, that was the the real intrigue to me was something besides baseball. If this had just been about a baseball stadium and a and, and a baseball team, it would not have caught my imagination. Uh, but it was much more than that. So we're looking at the possibility of of some of the things that uh, that were identified uh, through this process. And uh, some of those have to do with perhaps some redoing and re- renovation of uh, Hearst Coliseum. Uh, it, it right now uh, houses the Mudbugs, and they do the, what, that's a great story. And I, I think that that proves that 
with the right product and the right facility, you can make a success out of something that's unusual. And in, uh, in we have a, a hockey team in a southern city that, that draws 3,000 people a night. And uh, so we, we're looking at other options, uh, both there and elsewhere. Mayor Very. Tom Arsenault, Sean Decker, Rev Entertainment. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks, guys. Guys, Sean, I hope, we, I hope we talk again soon. Appreciate your efforts. Can't, can't wait, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate all the time. Mayor, thanks for your candor. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Of Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty in studio with Marcia Parham, got that right, and Susan Keith with the crew of Oceanus. You guys, this is a new crew, is that right? And get real close to these mics here. Okay. Yes, we're a three-year-old crew. Okay. And it's a Southern Hills crew, so we help the neighborhood. And you guys, is this your first parade this year? This is our inaugural parade. We're really excited. Uh, Mall St. Vincent helped us out um, by giving us a place since no more parade permits were being issued. They, we partnered with them for them to give us a place to have our parade. What do you mean no more parade permits were being issued? What happened? Uh, the mayor had said that he was not going to issue any more uh, parade permits for crews that were not already giving parades. So you don't need a permit to do it at the mall? It's is that private property. It's on the oh, parking right. lot. What they're okay. going to do is go around the mall twice, weather permitting. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But if it's raining, you guys, unlike any of the other parades, you have an indoor option. It is, there is a we contingency <laughs> plan, yes. If it's bad weather, we get to move inside with the walking parts of the parade. Okay, Marsha, the folks don't know this, but you guys are the goofy ones. This is the crazy parade. <laughs> this gonna is going to be the quirky parade. Yeah, we're going to see yes. some crazy stuff. What are we going to see? We're going to see the giant grocery cart, motorized grocery cart from Brookshire's. We are going to see um, cheer groups, a dance team. Uh, we've got therapy dogs. Therapy okay. dogs. We have uh, a homeschool pajama crew. A homeschool pajama crew. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are we going to see grown-ups on tricycles and stuff like that? Uh, they're going to be on a trailer. <laughs> a tra okay. There, there will but be we, adults on bikes. Tell us about your bikes. throws. Anything unusual? I know, we, you know, we some crews throw hot dogs and moon <laughs> pies. and. Well, we have moon pies and ramen noodles and macaroni and cheese. I mean, this is just what I've <laughs> heard food so far. Crew. <laughs> uh, stuffed okay, animals, like beads, a little bit of everything. In Books. Fact, our king oh. said that... Uh, He's going to have to get the motorized grocery cart if we have to go indoors. That he's going to have to use that giant motorized grocery cart to carry all of his throws. <laughs> yes. Wow, nice. Okay. The crew of Oceanus, 7 o'clock Friday night, Mall St. Vincent. Right. You're going to go Correct. around the outside of the mall, weather permitting, yes. inside the mall if you have to. Mm -hmm. Family friendly. It's going to be a fun event. And Absolutely. five food booths. Food trucks. Yes. Oh, cool. We'll be on site. So you don't have to drive from restaurant to restaurant. We'll have them all there for you. Oh, very cool. Yes. Very diverse. Yes. We have a lot of different kinds of food trucks. So. Oh, that's yes. that is very now you cool. You say this is a Southern Hills? 
We're Southern, Southern Hills based. Yeah. Um, so do you plan next year to have a route for your parade, like in a neighborhood? Like We or? hope so, but it's going to depend on whether we can get a permit. <laughs> yeah. So. The attempt was made to have it in Southern Hills, and that's been a complaint mm-hmm. that we've heard a little bit. But it, it, it's, it's, you know, Mall St. Vincent, who's been so gracious, or no parade this year. So right. We're at this, you, you have to start somewhere. Oh, well, look forward to it. It's, it's fun it to have a fun. new parade. Yeah, yes. it does sound like a blast. Yes. Makes it a long weekend. You got these guys on Friday night, Jim and I Saturday, and, of course, you got the Highland Parade on Sunday. So a big weekend for Mardi Gras fans. And then Tuesday night is the Children's Tuesday. Parade at, at Pierre Bossier Mall. Absolutely. Thank you guys for coming in. Thank well, you. Well, thank you for Les having us. Les mm. That's right. <laughs> 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. Mike and McCarty. Did you did you say Shaq is sponsoring a gun? Buyback. He is. Shaquille O'Neal. In, in Baton uh, yeah. Rouge? No, it's in Dallas. That's what I said, in Dallas. And it's this Saturday. Um, if you turn in a handgun, I think you get a $100 gift card. Then if you turn a long gun in, you get a $125 gift card. And it's a limit of three guns per resident. And you have to live in Dallas County. So you have to live in that area. They're doing it in Dallas. The sheriff says it's an opportunity to properly dispose of guns that are probably in the wrong hands. And okay, okay. <laughs> I can see all of a sudden now I see gun thefts going up mm-hmm. after this because they're going to go turn in their stolen guns. Yeah. Are there, are there people two, stealing guns bucks, now to go turn them in? They're going to have to go steal more guns <laughs> to replace the ones they turned in and got paid for. And there's people stealing guns now that they can take to turn in. Are they going to check if it's, if it's uh, a stolen a stolen weapon? I, I'm not sure. All I know is critics and still say pay them. Critics say they have they have found that these gun buybacks that many of the guns that are turned in are inoperable guns. They people have e- even turned in some BB guns. <laughs> I've got a I've got a a, a BB pistol, mm-hmm. okay, that I bought. It it has a little uh, the air cartridge, mm-hmm. you know, the little CO two cartridge, sure, and it shoots the BBs. Um, I'm not going to say why I got it, okay, uh, but it looks exactly kill like squirrels. <laughs> not to kill, just <laughs> pop them on the butt, maim them, <laughs> or or maybe feral. Um, oh. oh. Oh, did he just say that out no, loud? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, I, I haven't used it in, in years. Okay, good. But it looks exactly like a Glock. Yeah. There's no little orange plug on the no, end of it. There's no. no. I mean, if I were to pull that out, you'd go, ah, oh, don't, you, you know, got don't a gun. shoot me. And it's a, it's a BB gun, but it yeah. looks, I could take that to the buyback. You could. You don't, <laughs> you don't live in Dallas. I don't know when we're doing a gun buyback here. We need to, to get daughter. Shaq to come over here to Shreveport. And do a maybe fifty cent. We'll do, do we a though? gun buyback. Do we though? Do we need him to do that? Really? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, Michael Corbin is going to join us. News top of the hour after the news, uh, talking about downtown development authorities' list of candidates. Mm-hmm. Is he disappointed? Huh. 
We'll ask. We'll find out. 1017 FM, 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty. Um. The breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. By the way, you guys, you guys, your skies, you guys, Ruben, listen up. Don't shake hands with anybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, no unnecessary contact. We got folks here out. Tim Fletcher. He's down, I think, with the flu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crystal. Yep. She's, she's, she's been out a couple days now. Oh, it's not good. I was out last Monday with it. Yeah. You, you sure were. Yeah. Your wife took your wife out for a few days, yeah, didn't it? Yeah. Mm, yeah, she it's... was bad off. I was only really sick for like a day. And and <laughs> don't please don't send your kids to school or daycare or yourself go to work if you think you have the flu. Go get checked and, and make sure. And Early out, this yeah. week, one of the employees, I won't name names, I, I was holding the back door open and they said, Oh, don't get too close. I'm running a fever. <clears throat> Well, why are you here? Go the hell home. Stop. That's what we have leave for. <laughs> Go away. Yeah. We are, Louisiana is in the top 10 states for flu activity. We're number six. Texas is number one. And then there's two cities in Louisiana in the top 10 list. It's not us. Thank God we're not on this list. Uh, Lafayette's number seven. And Monroe, number 10 for flu cases. But Tyler Longview's number one. Jeez. Dallas is number two on the list. So if you're going to Dallas or you're going to Tyler Longview, uh, don't touch nobody. Mask up. Yeah, mask up. Because <laughs> we know how effective those are. <laughs> What's really Wear effective. two or three of them. What's really effective is just don't go anywhere until you're 24 hours fever-free. Exactly. That's it. That's exactly. all you got to remember. Keep your youngins at home and, and, until they're fever-free. And let me tell you, years before COVID came around... I mean, it's always been around, but years before it was released upon the American public, um, I would keep, I'd still keep sanitizer in my truck Mm -hmm. and in my office because like when you stop and fill up. Oh gosh. Yeah. That gas nozzle. Mm -hmm. Hello. Right. I, I don't know what somebody's MRSA or, you know. And you know what? I don't like touching. When you use the credit card machines and you got to put in your code. You know how many people pick their nose and then go punch in their code? I don't want their boogers on my fingers. Okay, here's the worst place that I don't understand why you don't have hand sanitizer right next to the at the damn pharmacy. Oh gosh, yeah. People are there to pick up their their drugs. And they're sick and, and they're, you're, and, they're uh, and you're having to hit that touch pad and I'm going, no, I'm trying to do it with my elbow. Yeah, exactly. Come on. I do it with my pinky finger. I try to. <laughs> I know. Like <laughs> sometimes or it doesn't my knuckles. Work. Yeah. Like that's gonna make a difference. Right. But it, I, I do. <laughs> Just be careful. It's really going around. A lot of people have symptoms. Just go get checked. You can run into a quick care somewhere. It'll cost you 25 bucks, whatever it is. Your insurance might even cover it fully. Just go I, get I checked. I remember watching House, the doctor, you know, the doctor show. And he, of course, had a cane. 
And I remember him like reaching up and hitting the elevator button. Oh, he was so OCD. With his cane. Yes. And I'm like, well, thanks a lot. You've just put all the scum of the floor <laughs> now onto the elevator button. Right. I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Doc. Yikes. Michael Corbin, uh, proud to follow this segment. He's going to join us after the news, top of the hour, talking about the list of DDA candidates. 1017 FM, 710 Keel.com. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Okay, we're, what is, middle of, I hate the phrase hump day, by the way. I don't know. I just hate that phrase. Maybe I'll turn on my mic and say, me too. (laughs) Don't like it. I don't like that. I never have. Let's call it camel day. Mike, 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 Mike. (laughs) Guess what day it is. People used to text me all the time during the run of that commercial. Mike, 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 Mike. People that used to text me that are dead now. And the... (laughs) Wait a minute. You should go to that gun bite back. Yeah, maybe so. And, and something else that people... No, I stomped them to death. I didn't use a gun. There you go. <laughs> people always got wrong on the... And, and a lot of people won't, won't get this. Mikey won't eat it. He hates everything. Okay, you remember that? Life, yes. Life cereal. Life cereal, yeah. And the little kid sitting there eating, mm-hmm. holding the way he held that spoon, eating... Oh, people always go, Mikey will eat anything. And I'm like, no, that's not what it says. What did he say? Give it to Mikey. He eats anything. They they got it wrong all the time. And and the reason that it was, they were so surprised, Mm -hmm. because he was eating the life cereal. Right. He won't eat it. He He hates hates everything. everything. Yep. But he's eating the life. Exactly. I I digress. (laughs) I was... (laughs) I'm going wor- to talk about the weather. I'm worried about the weekend for the Mardi Gras parades. We have a parade Friday night, Oceanus at Mall St. Vincent. Yeah. We have Gemini Saturday. We have Highland on Sunday. They're all going to get beautiful weather. Well, if they have them in Hawaii, <laughs> uh, but here in Shreveport, not so much. Oh, no. Yeah, fr- looking at Friday... It looks like the chance of rain starts out on Friday about 35%, but by the evening time, that chance of rain increases to 70%. No. Thunder is possible no. starting Friday night. Saturday, uh, again, I, boy, if, if you're a Mardi Gras fan, it's not looking good. Mm. 95% chance of rain on Saturday, and oh. that carries over into Sunday uh, uh, the Highland Parade, which is one that we do love, we got my my we got family coming in from out of town. Oh no! Ninety percent chance of rain Ugh. on Sunday. Bring your ponchos. So not looking good. And they roll rain or shine. Uh, Oceanus can roll inside Mall St. Vincent if need be. Most of their floats can. Some of them can't. Uh, the others rolling rain or shine. Now, if there's a lightning event. 
then things would change a little bit. We'll have to get with the weather guys tomorrow or Friday and find out, you know, is this going to be a weather event or not? So we'll DDA see. president, uh, board president, uh, Michael Corbin, will be joining us coming up just after the local news, talking about the list of candidates for the DDA director position. Micah McCarty, 1017 FM, 710keel.com. Seven FM, seven ten, Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Michael Corbin joining us. Michael, thousands without power this morning. Oh wait, that's 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 the wrong wrong hat, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> you're catching me off guard. I'm having to reach over in my hat. <laughs> Sorry about Everybody's that. Everybody's good today. Power's on. <laughs> well, as far as we know, we're going to keep it in. Yeah. What what uh, we are talking about uh, the downtown development authority. You're the president of the board. Is that correct? I want to get that right. A chairman of the a board of directors. Chairman chairman of the board. Mm-hmm. Um, Thirteen candidates for uh, the replacement for Liz Swain, who's uh, who uh, uh, resigned after several years in the position. Uh, Aaron and I were looking over the list is on keelnews.com for anybody that would like to go see. Were you disappointed overall that you didn't get more DDAs, uh, directors from other cities? We certainly would have liked to have seen someone with DDA experience apply. Um, There was a similar position advertised the same time ours was for Lafayette, Louisiana. And in in talking to them, I think they saw a uh, they saw similar responses. Um, you know, we were we had, there were a lot of similarities between the job descriptions, the pay, and all that. And uh, they did not draw outside folks who had DDA experience from larger cities that maybe wanted to come here. You know, you can speculate all day long. Is it salary level? Is it um, people don't want to come to Shreveport? You know. What what is it? Uh, but we have the first group to go through now and and try to make our decisions of how do we how do we narrow this down to a short list? I would say for our market, our salary range seems to be very impressive. I, I would say yes. You know, this is a good this is a good paying job, good benefits, and it's well above what what the median um, income is. Maybe we ask, excuse me, maybe we ask for someone who can do a lot more than what that salary range uh, indicates, Um, or at least coming from from a DDA organization in a larger metropolitan area. Um, You know, until we get some more feedback from people, it'll be hard to tell. I think that we lost some applicants uh, because of Louisiana law requiring the applicant list to be made public. Um, I mean, I know, I know of people who, um, who were interested in putting in an application, Mm -hmm. uh, because of the fact that that application would be made public as, as soon as the public records request came in, Mm -hmm. right. That they hesitated to do that. We got an interesting post. Aaron and I did talk about this and and listed some of the candidates uh, on the list. 
And uh, one of the posts said from Bozier, says, why is that politicians can't stop feeding at the government trough? DDA needs a professional, not an out-of-work politician. How do you feel about that? Certainly, uh, those former elected officials who have applied, we will uh, review them with due diligence and, uh, and not prejudge that. Um, that has been a topic of public conversation. Uh, certainly, I've heard it. I've had people contact me. I think other members of the board and the search committee have had people contact them as well. Uh, but we really, if we're going to do this right, we have to go in blindly and not look at uh, at who someone is, but look at what they put on that piece of paper as far as qualifications, you know, past work, and are they a fit for this position? I'm going to follow up on that because two of these candidates are well-known. Lavette Fuller, former councilwoman, uh, Cedric Glover, former mayor. And there's a lot of talk in this town, Michael Corbin, as the chairman of the DDA, that this is going to be a vote of whose buddies with who is going to get this job. How does your board avoid that? Well, I think we just have to stay on track with with what we're charged to do as board members. Um, we should not go into this saying I'm rooting for my friend or I'm rooting for someone who looks like me or doesn't look like me. I mean, we honestly need to go into this blindly and look, look at the qualifications. And if at the, at the end of the search, we don't feel like there's a good candidate here, then, then we have other options. We could do a, we could do a wider search. We could hire a search firm. Um, but I, I think we really, one of the questions that I would like to get to is why did we not attract a, um, mm-hmm. a more robust list of candidates? Let me ask you this, Michael Corbin, who's chairman of the DDA board. For you, and I hope for the other, have y'all come up with, or what are your top three priorities that you want to see these people be able to achieve or accomplish or exhibit? Well, first and foremost, I think that we were looking for somebody with prior DDA experience, uh, you know, whether it was uh, in another municipality or in a support role somewhere. Um, I think when we when we go from that number one, then it's understanding the landscape in Shreveport. The DDA has re- has a lot of responsibility, does not have a lot of power. So that DDA director will have to work closely with the mayor, with the city council, with the MPC, with the parish of Caddo um, to to make changes and, and transform downtown Shreveport. Another big piece of that are the downtown stakeholders, commercial realtors, people who own property downtown. And, you know, we we saw many changes in downtown leading up to COVID. COVID kind of put a cap on things for a little bit. And then we saw an exodus of of commercial um, of commercial folks downtown. We lost most of our banks, our large banks that had multiple floors and buildings. We saw people working hybrid. We we continue to see um, companies move out of downtown um, to Southeast Shreveport uh, because they feel like that's where their customers or their employees are. So we've we've really got to continue the push for. You know, downtown has available space. It's reasonably priced. 
and and continued this public perception offset of downtown is dangerous because it's it's simply not. Michael Corbin, uh, DDA board uh, director. Michael, how many members are on the DDA board? We have, and I probably have only had one cup of coffee, so that's a really really hard question. <laughs> I think I think we have seven members. Okay, seven members. So I'm trying to see how this is going to, you know, pare down the list and where our finalists will fall. Will it be four, yeah, three? And, and how many are you going to pair it to? Well, um, the board has asked the search committee to bring four names to the board. Um, and if we could not bring four names, then we need to be able to justify why. And uh, so we will we will take that. I mean, the first time we're going to meet as a search committee is next Monday. How many are on the search uh, so, committee then? Uh, five. And then you're on that. From, yes. Okay. We have three from the uh, from DDA and two from DSDC, who's the sister agency uh, to the DDA. When do you hope to have a new director? What's the goal? Well, I, I would like, and I said this earlier, I'd, I'd like by the end of February to have a short list, if not um, the person identified. Um, I, I'm not going to, I'm it's not my intent to push this and make it faster than it needs to be. Um, you know, if, if it's determined that we don't have the right candidate, um, staff is doing a wonderful job. The interim director has a, lo- a lot of experience at the DDA and, and is able to keep things going. So there's no crisis at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if we need to go back and take a second look and make some changes to the job description, then I think we have we have the the time to do that and the ability to do that. If if um, we don't find anybody on this list that everybody can agree is is the person. Well, it's interesting, Michael, that you bring that up. That uh, it's, has that been a discussion then after looking at these thirteen names. Well, because the search committee hasn't met yet, that that really hasn't come up. There are, um, you know, folks out in the public and downtown stakeholders who um, who are certainly in favor of of a national search. And uh, if if we were to consider something that, and, and I'm going to say, you know, that's a capital if, um, because no decisions and no discussions have been really had about that. You know, I I think we would need to do a little more due diligence in, you know, talking to a search firm and and understanding if we're looking for this. I keep refer them referring to them as a unicorn of a person mm-hmm. um, that has all this experience who's willing to come to Shreveport. What are the what are the actual expectations from a salary and benefit standpoint? Because it, it may be that we could go poach the number two person in Denver, Colorado, and get them in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. But if we have to pay them $300,000, that's just certainly not that's right. not sustainable. Right. Well, we will be in touch. Michael Corbin, chairman of the board, Downtown Development Authority. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Always, always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Michael. 1017 FM, 710 Keyhom. Get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Well, 
Still long-time friend of the program. He's not an attorney, but he plays one on the radio. <laughs> Our dear friend, Scott Hughes. Scott, good morning. Good morning. Still not an attorney. I woke up today and not an attorney. <laughs> not an attorney. Uh, speaking of waking up today, guys, are you ready? Yeah, we're ready. Ready. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Pick up the pace. Happy birthday, dear Scott. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Thank you all very much. <laughs> this is live on the radio, Scott. <laughs> I'm very, very impressed. I really didn't want to talk about any of the topics. I'm glad this is all it was. With, with, with Ruben being likely a union musician, this is impressive. Yeah, I know, I know. Exactly. So how, how young are you? I believe I am 58 today, and I feel all of 55, so I feel great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we couldn't let your big day pass without calling you and wishing you a happy birthday. My my topic that I sent you was bogus. I'm not going to make you do that because that would be too difficult. But. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate not covering hard topics on my birthday. I'll defer to Mike Corbett on those types of things. There you go. Any Look, any plans for today? Anything special for 58? I wouldn't think so, but you have to ask. Well, actually, um, I've already heard from both my daughters. Um, they're on the East Coast. They texted me. My wife has wished me happy birthday. I'm about to walk into my um, my office. I wasn't supposed to be in town today. I was supposed to be in Baton Rouge, but I'm fortunate to spend the day here in town. It's going to be a beautiful day, and I think I'm going to be playing some trivia. We like trivia in the evenings, and we're going to go play trivia out and about in the local community with some friends tonight. So it should be a fun day. Who's got a trivia night? Uh, we go to the, um, I always get it wrong, but it's the barbecue place on um, Line Avenue, LRB Road, Barbecue. or oh, I, Bodacious exactly. Bar and Q. Bar and Q. That's, they, we play there on Wednesday nights. We enjoy it. It's a great time. Okay. There's many locations around Shreveport Bossier. Well, we, we certainly wanted to wish you a happy birthday. And I want to uh, issue a challenge to anyone who has Scott's digits. Text him happy birthday. <laughs> I'm going to blow your phone Great. up. There, there goes my phone battery. <laughs> well, Scott, have a, have a great day, and, and uh, we are grateful for all you do for the show, and, and uh, we appreciate you and, and hope you have a, a wonderful 58th birthday today. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. You and Aaron and Ruben do, I think, the best show in the market um, for the morning, and I appreciate the efforts you put in every day. Thank you all. Thank you, sir. Happy birthday. Bye-bye. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. So have you been able to try any bougie bologna bougie no not yet and now i want some i know i, I i'm i've got that guy you're <laughs> jonesing actually, for it i'm actually <laughs> jonesing for some bologna jonesing makes us sound really old i know sorry how old is that is that 80s i remember somebody said that to me one time i had what are you talking about yeah how old is jonesing reuben 
the phrase. I have no idea. <laughs> I, d- I just have to assume that Jones was some kind of junkie or something. Okay. <laughs> Jones. Oh, uh, well, we, um, we talked about bougie bologna yesterday after hearing about it being sold at a local place, the local market online. And um, they posted. And that's a, the name of it. Yeah. Local market online. Right. That's okay. their full name. Right. And um, after they, they posted yesterday after our discussion on the radio, after an extended supply chain issue, this delicious South Louisiana delicacy is making its way back. And they're going to have it back Saturday. Please save me some bougie baloney. <laughs> Absolutely. It, <laughs> it does sound delicious. It really does. But, so, but bougie bologna is apparently a Louisiana product. You bet. Yes. You bet. And the, the only, I think the only place you can get it in town is this Line Avenue joint. And so they're going to have some this Saturday. I want, it looks like Are it's you extra thick. going to brave thick. the weather? I might get over there and try to grab, <laughs> snatch me up some and, and uh, see what it tastes like. Now, I saw I saw one of the posts. They showed pictures of it. And it's like, you know, regular, like the Oscar Mayer bologna. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of pink. Okay. Yeah. This almost looks, it, this has almost looks like a, a, a salami kind of look to it. Yeah. There's it, more stuff than just like the processed i don't know it does look delicious and they promise on their website 100 mm percent free bologna yeah no (laughs) no booty meat no booty meat thank you ruben can you say b-hole sure okay as he hits the delay he didn't hit the dump button so no pun intended there so yeah it's just another crazy little product that apparently is going pretty viral and they're based in lafayette so but we have it here in Shreveport. Thank God we get all the great products here. <laughs> Behold free baloney. Oh, yeah. Yummy. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One seven FM, seven ten. Keel, Mike, and McCarty. I'm a little torn by something's going on in Bossier City, and I, I need I need some guidance and some help. They they are doing they have a charter study committee meeting. Um, mm, Caddo Parish mm-hmm. will have one too. That they're they're setting up a committee as well. The I think Caddo Parish is required to study our charter every four years or six years, so they're doing it. City of Shreveport really needs to do it too, but Bossier's doing it, and they have a committee that just started meeting. They have several public meetings coming up down the road. But the first meeting, I believe it was the first meeting, they got into a little bit of a dispute over term limits. And yes, and that was one of the things that uh, that Mayor Chandler ran on. Mm-hmm. He wanted to institute term, lim- term limits. And there are some couple of council members that want it. There's been a petition that I think 3,000 people signed. I think if you're the Charter Study Committee... You would be derelict in your duty if you don't include that as a proposal because it has to go to the people for a vote. You're not setting term limits. You're not saying term limits are, are now the you're, – you're asking that to be put on the ballot. Let, Let the, the people, people decide. Vote. Exactly. Um, you're not – it's not your job as the charter – this is me speaking my opinion, okay? I'm not God, but it's my opinion – 
your, your job on the charter committee is not to decide your will should should be the be the law that you don't think term limits should should exist so you're not even going to put it on the on the ballot i think it's your job anything that people have been talking about pushing for let the folks vote on it mm-hmm. and you know what if you're if, if it's right and you think term limits is at the ballot box and you know you run for your office and if you can keep winning you keep winning then let the voters decide that's the way we want to keep it and let it be. I and just, proponents will say, well, we have term limits every election. You bet. We can vote, you, you know, they can be voted out. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand that, but you and I both know that it's hard to, it's hard to beat an incumbent. They have an advantage. They have a built-in advantage. They know the system. It's easier for them to raise money because they're already in place. Um, they have a much higher name recognition. Absolutely. But I think you're... I and think it's as almost the, a better the devil you know kind of situation. Right. I think as the charter commission, you can't be the one setting the policy. You have to just put the changes out there and see what the public wants. Um, there has been a push for this. I, I'm really disappointed that some of the charter commission members are pushing back, saying, oh, no, we shouldn't include that. I think that's one of the things you must include mm-hmm. and let the people decide. And if you don't like it, you go out and campaign against it. But I'm I'm a little bit mystified that we have some charter commission meet members that are um, pushing against it. And I would bet they were placed on this commission by council members who are against term limits. And that's where it's wrong, wrong, wrong. It's wrong to put people on with an agenda. They have an agenda coming in, and and I'm I'm disappointed. I really am. I I'm kind of sad to see that they took that turn yesterday, but I'm hoping the public will come out and speak to this group. When the when the federal government was established in back in the the 1775 era, 70, that was the original intent mm-hmm. that you were to serve your term and then you go back into the private sector. Right. We weren't supposed to have the, you know, the Nancy Pelosi's and the these long-term either side. I'm not trying right. to pick on Democrats. I'm just saying the you know the, the the long-term politicians that have spent their entire lives on the government teat. Yes, exactly. And that and that's the thing in Bozier, let's let's let the people decide it. Let's let let's do if you're on that charter study commission, your job should be what is best for Bozier. What needs to be included in our charter that will be good for Bozier City? Or the, let the voters decide if mm-hmm. it's good for Bossier City. And that's where I think they need to be. I'm a little disappointed that uh, they seem to be taking it into their own hands and deciding I'll put, I'll put measures on in this uh, proposal that I like only and, that, and I'm not going to push for others that I disagree with. I think you got to come at it at a different viewpoint. And that's part of our problem with long-term politicians. They want right. things the way they want it. And they will finagle it to get it all done. And now you're manipulating the Charter Commission to get something you don't like killed. And I think that's a bad, bad idea. Don't like it, and I'm disappointed in what's been happening. I'm hoping it'll change. We'll see. Don't know. And if anybody will find out, it's going to be Aaron. Oh, I will bug them until, (laughs) yeah. They know I'll bug them until it's, yeah, hell freezes over. (laughs) 1017 FM, 710 Kiel.